Caution. Learning in progress. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Smarter Every Season. My name is Tyler Hubert, and I'm going to try and drive the ship for this episode. To do that, let me go ahead and get started by telling everybody who is joining me today in the studio. To my left is Dave Robinson. Dave is a product support specialist in title at Precision Planning. Dave, how are you today? I'm doing well, thanks. Good, good. Um, you know, I alluded to in title there. We're going to circle back around to what it is you actually do here. Yeah, if we figure that out during this uh, <laughs> podcast, I'll be very happy. We can figure it out and tell Dave what. <laughs> Hans Stetsman is across the way from me. Everybody should know Hans by now. You hosted the last episode on on Cedars. I did. Yeah, so uh, you really are a man that needs no introduction on the podcast. I'm okay with that. Okay, then we'll I'm move okay on. With that. <laughs> also joining us today is Kate Moore. Kate is on the marketing team here at Precision Planning. And you know what, Kate? This is host... 101 stuff that I'm failing right now. I can't come up with your official title. That's okay. Can you tell us? I don't need one. You are? Digital Marketing Manager. There we go. Very good. Okay. All right. Before we jump into the topic today, I, I kind of thought it would just be good to kind of go around. What are we observing right now around precision planning? What are the things that are kind of going on? Um, I, I know right now for us, the support team is heavily involved in harvest support and getting ready for dealer training which I think we're actually going to dive into a little deeper in a different episode. Um, what else is everybody else kind of noticing? Kate, what's what's going on with the marketing team right now? What's keeping you guys busy? Uh, the big stuff going on in marketing now is a lot of events coming up. So we're getting into event season, not just training, but um, we have some FFA events happening. Um, we'll be at the convention. We have, I mean, winter conference starts now. Um, on the digital side, we have uh, a lot of exciting things happening for different products and um, ambassadors that we're trying to kind of expand that and go into those things. So lots of wheels turning over in marketing right now. Very good. I think Hans and Dave, one of the things that I notice and is something that we are kind of working through on the support side is all of the pallets that exist right now in our exhibit hall. It's hard to imagine that uh, training is going to be here in a few weeks and the exhibit hall is full of pallets right now. Maybe this is a good time to introduce to some dealers that I hope you're okay with sitting on top of pallets at training. It's really kind of a bird's eye view. It is. I mean, there's not going to be chairs this year. You just get an elevated position to kind of watch everything happen in training this year. That's exactly right. Pick your own pallet. <laughs> That's, of course, a joke. <laughs> but in the process of building a new building in Morton, um, sometimes the inventory has to go somewhere in, in the median. And so we are housing some pallets. For right at now. least a couple couple weeks anyway. Yeah. But so. I, I think it's worth telling everybody, too, don't get any ideas. I mean, the inventory is still recorded. It, don't, it, it's not going to, you're not going to walk off with anything. Like, there won't be anything here by the time you get here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It is pretty exciting every time I drive past uh, in Morton on the interstate to see the progress on the new, new building that's coming along, though. That's going to be a, a great help to the business with a significant increase in, in size and capacity for us. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, too, because it is putting us on the map in a lot of ways, too, around the community. Um, I even noticed, like, at church, just talking to people about, like, oh, yeah, I work at Precision Planning, and here's what I do. And usually right now, the first question they ask is, are you guys the one that's that's putting up the building right off the interstate? Like, yep, that's us. Yep. 
And if you know anybody that's looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> we are hiring. That's right. That's right. So the reason that I've grabbed the three people that I have today is we are going to dive a little bit deeper into, I think, kind of how everyone prioritizes their schedule. And I think, Dave, we've talked about this a little bit before, is like there's no scientific way or clear-cut way to necessarily do this, but I think that the wisdom of the room will, in a lot of ways, shape this conversation and hopefully pass on some value. So, Dave, outside of being a product support specialist, which tell everybody a little bit about what that for you what that yeah that's what you are in title right but what do you what do you do here Dave? yeah so I think the the two main parts of uh, of my job uh, at precision planting one is dealer communications um, so all of the articles about product about programs about financing all of that uh, um, I write those and, and handle that communication. And then kind of the other half of what uh, actually probably takes up more of my time now is professional development for our team, for other parts of the business, and uh, uh, kind of talent development and recruiting. I also think Dave failed to mention that he is the webinar master as well behind any webinar that you are a part of. Dave I'm, generally is the one running the, running the webinar. I'm far more comfortable not in front of the mic. <laughs> <laughs> on top of that you are a dad yep i have a uh, my wife and i have a 15 year old and a 12 year old and uh, that's getting very busy you are what are your roles at church i uh, guess i don't actually know yeah so i'm i'm pretty involved in in ministry at uh, at our church as an elder and a teacher and lead some committees and uh then uh a couple years ago i decided it was a fun time in the middle of covid to run for uh, school board and so now I'm the vice president of one of the great school boards in Washington, Illinois. Which is really a pretty easy job. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, there's been no controversy no, at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anything I'm missing there, kind of in your life overall? Uh, no, that's uh, that's enough. Very good. We'll move on to Hans Stutzman. Hans, you're a father of four. Correct. A product support specialist. So you're working a full-time job. Um, what else? Well, you're heavily involved in your family farm. So I got two, actually I got two family farms because my brother farms um, right around where I live and then my dad farms about an hour and a half south of here. So two, two separate farms that I'm involved in that I help out um, at various times throughout the spring and fall. So there's, there's plenty of time to go between the two of them. So, yeah. So, so kids, wife, farm, full-time job at Precision. What am I missing? Uh, I... In the past, I've been very involved. I was a deacon at church. Um, I've currently stepped aside kind of due to this topic of, of time, scheduling, managing process. That was one of the things that I had to, to let go of. <clears throat> so those are the those are the things that keep me busy. Got it. Okay, Kate, you're up. So I know you're a farm wife as well. Yeah. Uh, some actually probably, if anybody's wondering, there are probably people listening that are trying to connect the dots. Jared Moore, who was a product support specialist here as recently as about 15 months ago, is your husband? He is indeed. So I claim him. Please pass, pass any sympathies. <laughs> um, you two have been, I know, actively involved in in church. You're a mom of two, and and fairly recently, number two, two month old, a two year old, and two month old. Yep, yep. Uh, what else? What am I missing there? And of course, working full time here. Yes. So, um, farm wife, and I would expand on that because I feel like farmer is. In there, um, we sell our beef direct to consumer, so there's all that fun jazz that goes with all of that. Um, 
we also deliver. So I don't know why I signed up to deliver meat to people, <laughs> but um, time management, we can talk about that today. Oh, but we yeah. will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the two kids and farm and full time here covers it. Church, of course. I think whether or not you have a role in church, you're, we're all pretty active there. Right, right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So the reason that this is important is these are people that by all means are busy, are heavily involved in many different things in their life. And so I wanted to grab all three of you because I thought you'd have expertise breathing into this topic of how we prioritize our time. So where this is stemming from is when Paul Harms left, he actually passed on to me a link um, to a gentleman by the name of Sahil Bloom. And I'm going to apologize to Sahil if I'm butchering his name. But he touts himself as an entrepreneur, an investor, and a creator. He has his own podcast, but he also has a newsletter called the Curiosity Chronicle. And that's where I came across an article about fighting busyness. And the point that he's trying to make, and it's a really good article, and I'm going to try and put this article into the show notes, but he challenges everybody reading it to kind of ask themselves, why do we say or why do we think we are so busy? So first thing up is, why do we say we're busy? Well, there's a piece of this that goes into status or importance. The more busy you look, or if you say you're busy, wow, that must be a very important person, right? They've got a lot going on. The other thing is, why do we feel so busy? And he gives a really good analogy of a rocking horse, of that one of the things that, that makes us feel busy is because we're quick to respond to distractions, our cell phone, emails. I know our group here heavily uses Slack, which is an instant messaging program. And so when those things pop up, we are quick to react to those things. We're quick to let those become a priority. And he likens that to a rocking horse in that we're in constant motion. We're constantly doing something, but we're never really moving forward or being productive. And so one of the things that he points to and how we overcome that is it comes down to prioritization. How do you prioritize your time? And so I thought that everybody here, again, would have really good thoughts around we are all busy. We all have a ton of, of priorities, if you will. How do you organize those to make yourself productive. And so let's go ahead and kind of start there. I'll throw out the first question for everybody here. How do you determine what makes that priority list or what you're going to focus on? It's a really complicated question and answer, right? Because we don't have 100% control. No one has 100% control of what they do with their time. There's there's people outside speaking into that, whether it's uh, supervisors or family or you know, the law, there's, I mean, you got to sit down and do your taxes once a year or pay somebody else to do them. It doesn't matter whether you want to or not. There's just things you have to do. And so, um, you know, when it, when it comes down to, uh, to how I choose to spend my time or what I focus, focus on, I really try to think about it now from two different perspectives, what's urgent and what's important. And for me, remembering to look at what's important is the hard thing because historically I've just gone for what's urgent and sometimes that's missed some important things because of that because um, because I didn't prioritize importance and so the things that are both urgent and important are the things I need to be working on now the things that are important but not urgent I need to have a plan for how I'm going to do those the things that are urgent but not particularly important uh, I need to figure out how I'm going to fit those in but they're not as vital, they just have to get done. And then I have to be okay with everything else that's neither urgent nor important with just not doing it um, and not letting 
sort of society expectations or other people's expectations that don't align with, um, with the purpose or the values that I'm pursuing to determine kind of what that is for me. I think one of the things that um, I don't have a great priority list of what, uh, like Dave has, of uh, this is urgent or this is important and this is this is where it's at and, and mindset of what I look at. Um, I think it comes down to the value that I find in each of these issues and kind of the, the, the sequence of it. So um, family is always valuable to me. Family time is always that. That impact is, is always a big there. And there's the, um, I kind of look at it as the risk risk aspect of it what's the risk of me not doing something with my family what's the what's the 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 cost of me not being there what's the cost of me not doing this um so i don't know that that's the right way to do it um i don't think there's a right answer in this in this podcast on this but as i look at it that's kind of been the 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 risk reward aspect of what's the risk of me doing this versus this or what's the risk of me not getting this done um or what's the what's the cost of not having of this not being done versus this not being done? Um, there's always more, and there's always more that should be done, and there's always there's always more urgent things than what I can get done. Um, and so it comes down to what's the cost of 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 not getting something done. Yeah, and I just chime in on the side of things of how do you determine that? Um, and something that goes through my mind a lot is um, I don't know if you guys have heard that's the glass ball versus the rubber balls. Um, in your life so your priorities are your glass balls like what what do you have in your life that if that ball drops and shatters that's a big deal versus your rubber balls when that ball drops and goes in the other room pick it up with the toys later tonight like I'm a mom so toys Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but there's all these and then there's these as I think through that there's also the medium ground of um, let's say a plastic ball when it drops it's going to dent but it's not going to shatter so what are your priorities there and all of your glass balls are not allowed to drop. So you do whatever you can to not let those drop. Um, plastic ones too, but if they dent, they dent. We move on. I think this question shifts a little bit into how you actually schedule that out or, or take the time to be intentional about how you're going to get to those priorities. Is there a tool that any of you use to prioritize your time and make sure you're getting to, Kate, I love it, glass balls? Can my wife be that tool? Yes. It is for me. So I, <laughs> not your wife, my wife. I, I'm saying, but I don't. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. Is like I don't know how our partner couldn't be. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the biggest tools for me is 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 a conversation of what is it you have on a list of things that to work off of, and what's the conversation like? I have this list of things that could be done today. One of these I really need to get done. The others of these are are I would like to get done. Um, what's your list of what do you have? I, I don't have a systematic program. I don't have a checklist. I don't have a list. I, I carry a list in my head. Um, my wife is big in a list. She'll write a list out and we'll, we'll look at it. It's okay. All of this has to get done today. Um, now it's probably the reason why she gets more of her stuff done than I do, but, um, it's not, it's not a, let's be clear too, that conversation with our partner is the tool, not not our partner. Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. I think that's important. I would uh, chime in there on Jared and I's side of things. We use a shared family calendar on our phones, Mm -hmm. so then we don't have to converse all the time. So it's like, this is what's happening today. We don't have to talk about the whole day all the time. (laughs) It's great. I highly suggest it. But really, we have each of our kids has a calendar. Uh, They're all synced together, the work and the home. You can see what everything's happening. So um, that's been a great way for a tool for us to use. I mean, obviously, we should talk to each other, too. But So, Dave, 
what what's the to to pull that into a business? What's that look like for for a business? What are the tools maybe that that a, a business would would use or um how does a business or multiple people with a, in a business that have schedules that overlap? How does that how do they make that work, I guess? Yeah, I think I think as we all talk here, we we all take slightly different approaches and that slightly different approach is based on who we are, what our experience is, how we've messed things up in the past and had to learn from that, uh, personality, everything kind of goes into that. So there's a lot of different tools out there that a business could use. And really, you need to just try a couple and figure out which one works for you, whether it's shared calendar, whether it's a, an online uh, cloud-based scheduling tool or whatever the case may be. But I think what we can all see from these conversations so far is the success or failure of that system or of that tool comes down to communication. Uh, if you're not talking to the other people on your team about the things that you're uh, prioritizing, if you're not talking to the decision makers that maybe you are responsible to, whether that's a customer or whether that's a, a boss in your business, then, uh, then you're going to get it to a point where the tool is only as good as how well it's, it's used by the team as a whole. And so that, that communication really becomes the, the, uh, the success factor of whether your planning and prioritizing is going to be effective. I can't. I, the communication piece I, to me is the absolute key piece of it of telling of just saying this is what's on the list, mm -hmm. and that's and it's a. I think the tool is is merely a um, a piece to aid in that aspect of it. But what you're truly yeah. even with the tool, what you're trying to do is to communicate to people involved to the involved parties. Mm -hmm. This is what's going on, and it almost doesn't matter what the tool is. It really doesn't. It's how you use it, and it's yeah. whether you're being intentional about communicating as a team about what you're doing. And, and that's, that's what makes the difference. I, I know people that can use the tool of their brain just because their memory is that good. Um, and that's what they use. The, but that means that there's probably other things that are not doing because they're using their, that they're using it for that. So, and then yeah. you start to age and as I hit yeah. my mid forties here, the, uh, the brain is not as accurate of a remembering device <laughs> as it used to be. I would say on that, that, communicating to team and others to know your priorities but how do you how do you, what tools for your own priorities to actually set them um a big one that we started using um in marketing was the three of the day so what are your top three priorities of the day get those done check those off feel the gratification of getting things done mm -hmm. um and we even do that for larger picture projects too what's the top three priorities what what are our goals that we're going to hit um so setting those yourself then communicating that out so I think the other piece of this too is it's good to separate. A lot of my questions have kind of been more life in general related. And I think what I'm seeing here is for a lot of us, the person walking alongside us in that is, is a lot of times is our spouse, uh, right? And, and our kids do too. But if we pull this into business, it's probably good to separate out that, you know, it looks like, uh, that looks like a conversation with our boss, right? Or a lot of times our, our superior. And so I think it's good to call out that even in our work responsibilities, we have to be in communication with that boss or with that manager to say, this is what where my priorities are here at work for the next two weeks, month, whatever it may be. Are we on the same page on that? So that I make sure that, that I'm putting my time towards something that uh, 
is most beneficial to to you, to our business, to myself, right? Because mm-hmm. there is an element too that you you want to be involved in things that that you enjoy doing. Um, so on that note, I think that Kate, when I kind of came to you with this idea and wanted you to come on, one of the things that that I really loved in your response um, was, you know, I, I talked to you about wanting to do a podcast around prioritization and time management. And you said something like, I'm going to paraphrase here. So if I'm wrong, tell me, uh, well, I don't know that I'm an expert, but I'm an Enneagram eight and I know how to say no. Yep. (laughs) So, so I said, yes. yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yes. So I think one of the things too, that becomes difficult in this is when we prioritize our time and Dave, you alluded this a little bit earlier, there's going to be some things that we have to say no to, and we have to kind of be at peace with that. How? What is the advice that we can kind of pass on of when have been times when you guys just have to say, you know what, it's a no for me. I have to move on from that. How do you how do you do that without kind of feeling like you're kind of letting somebody down or maybe hurting feelings? Let's all start by saying no. Mm-hmm. Let's practice it. Practice saying no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> what? No. 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 Answer my question. <laughs> I would start by also saying that it's what you're saying no to. It's not mean to say no. You're not hurting somebody's feelings by saying no. Um, you are prioritizing and you're making room for something else in your life. Um, and things like yes are very automatic for us. It's easy to say yes. Um and we don't take the time to say, let me get back to you on that. Let me check my schedule. Let me see how this aligns. We very quickly just say yes to things and make it fit in our schedule rather than um, making our schedule work for whatever's happening. Yep. And I think, too, there's a there's a middle ground as well that because we don't take the time to say, let me get back to you, where we could give a counter proposal that maybe helps them get along their way but isn't a, a yes to the exact to the exact ask. Um, where maybe it's instead of no, it's I have some time next week if you can wait that long. Or maybe it's I know somebody who has some available time and would be great for this. Sometimes you have to say no. Sometimes you can say sort of a uh, I can help you along with this, even though it's not a fully yes. But taking that time, and I think that's crucial to, to actually think about what are your priorities and how does this fit in. Uh, to be able to know whether you can say yes, no, or something in between is is pretty crucial. You're great at this, Dave. You really are. As far <laughs> as like, um, no, but here's how we can help. I think so. that's a good point to make, too, that the answer doesn't have to be binary. It right. doesn't have to be yes or no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because as a team, we want to have each other's backs, but we also can't be pulled 87 different directions at the same time and never get done what we need to get done. So it's finding that way to, to be there for each other, but also, um, but also stay focused on the things that we need to stay focused on. And, and, uh, and I, would, I, I don't feel like I'm great at that. I feel like I'm often pulled off in directions that aren't productive or that I often say no in ways that probably aren't that helpful. Uh, and so, you know, this is a this is definitely a area that I don't think anybody ever gets to perfection at for sure, and maybe it takes us a while to even get good at it. But it's it's definitely something that's that's worth working on. I was just thinking through. I think what so no is one common response to it. The other one that I'll, that I often hear that's the same thing is I'm too busy for that. 
a lot of times I look at that and it's like, that's not true because it's what we're placing importance on. Um, I came across this a, a while ago. I'm not sure. This has been on my desk. I'm not very good at this all the time, but this is something I've come across. And it's the, it's a quote that says the business of our schedule does not dictate what we do. Rather the projects that we desire and place importance on is what dictates what we do. So be careful and make sure that the desire and the importance that we're placing on things are on the correct things. And we avoid saying I'm too busy because a lot of times that's what gets us like, I'm not too busy to do it. I've got time. It's a matter of where am I placing that time? Mm-hmm. And so when you're saying no, what you're not saying no, and you're not saying I'm too busy. You're saying that doesn't fit my project list. My, I, I'm, I need to find Someone else has a better desire, has a higher importance that can take this than what I can at this point in time. For me to say yes to this means something else has to move off my list. And sometimes I'm okay with that. And sometimes I'm not. And it's a, it's a, it's a question of, of, I'm not a, it's a lot of times the question comes back as I'm too busy. I I don't like that statement. I don't want to say that statement. And really how we can do that, that comes back to what Tyler was talking about, about just being in a, a kind of a regular conversation with your manager. If uh, if you work in an organization where, where you have someone uh, that is your uh, your supervisor, to just have very clear expectations about what it is, what is, what is it I'm supposed to be working on right now? And you can come in with a list of things and say, this is what I think my priorities ought to be. Do you agree? And even categorizing those so I know which ones can't be bumped off the list and which ones could be bumped off the list if something else comes along uh, so that we can make those decisions like Hans was talking about where we need to understand our priority. And it's not busyness that's the problem. It's a question of prioritization. And this does or does not fit my priorities right now. And I'm one who, and I think a lot of us are, we're pretty self-motivated, self-directed. If we get our marching orders, we run with it and we get it done. But I'm much more effective at that when I have those conversations and I know that what I'm doing is what I should be doing and that I can be confident that my prioritization is correct. But I can't have that conversation once and then never have it again until the project is over because things happen around here all the time that knock us off our, our track because things change, things are always moving, higher priorities come up, and we need to be able to pivot with those and not just have our priority list set in stone so that it's never influenced by anything. I think there's a reduction in stress, too, when you have that conversation with a manager, at least in my experience. I know our product support lead, Caleb Schlater, has a saying that goes something like, there's a cost to play. And what he's basically getting at there is, is it's it's not sometimes even like I can't make adjustments in my schedule or in my priorities, but it comes at a cost. And so when I can much more clearly say, you know, I can pivot and I can work on this, but are you comfortable with this other priority not getting done for another month? And I think then if that if that's a situation of like, understanding that, yes, I can work on this, but it comes at the cost of this. It helps, of course, with the prioritization, but it also might be a situation where we need to delegate. This is something that, okay, no, this is equally as important, but I I understand or I see that you can't get to all of this, so who can we grab to help? And I think that's delegate kind of almost sounds a little bit like a a dirty word, I think, to some people because it feels like delegation is something that management does to get stuff off their plate and let 
employees further down the food chain, right, absorb that or pick up the slack, if you will. And and I, I think that the better way to kind of think about delegate is around asking for help. Delegate is around saying, I can see everything that's on your plate. Let's see if we have a teammate or somebody else that has some freedom in their schedule that, that can maybe get this done. Does that sound reasonable? Yeah. Delegation, I think a lot of times it comes across as either um, someone's shirking their responsibility and trying to delegate it away or we're better than than that job required than that job ability. And I think that's where that negative connotation comes from with delegation. And I think you're right that it's not a statement of I'm trying to get rid of work. I don't have enough time. Can someone help me with it? Can someone help me do this? And I think a lot of that goes down uh, earlier. We were talking about just communication in general, but um, over communicating with your boss about how it's, what's going on and um, asking for help sooner rather than later when something comes up, ask somebody to help you with your priorities, help align what's going on. Um, and then that delegation comes in. But if you wait till the end, then you get burnout. Nobody wants that. Yeah. And I feel like even for a business owner, a lot of times it feels like the buck stops there and there is no one else to seek help from. Right. And yet I think there's great opportunities out there to find a mentor, to find a, a trusted advisor. We talk about the trusted advisor role that our dealers have with their customers, but what is, who is the trusted advisor that the business owner can turn to for help and advice with prioritizing, with understanding how do I best address issue A or issue B and how do I decide between them or accomplish both more effectively. Finding that person, it doesn't have to be somebody in your organization uh, that's able to, that's able to do that. I would add to that too and say it's not just necessarily got to be one person. Right. You can lean on a region manager or an RM for that. You can lean on somebody at church. You can lean on a friend. In fact, I would probably advise you to. It, it doesn't have to be just one person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the other thing that got brought up a little bit earlier that I want to kind of come back around to is the idea of distractions. Kate, what's the Monday drawer? Tell me about the Monday drawer. <laughs> uh, this, It's called the Monday drawer. It's not a drawer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> is it the Monday spot now? It's the Monday spot. Uh, yeah, so in our house, we had a Monday drawer, and that is where everything got put in to throughout the entire week. Um, and Monday nights, it's on our shared calendar to look at the Monday drawer, and that's where we go through the bills and pay, um, invites for birthday parties, all of that happens. Monday nights on the Monday drawer. Um, and that just helped that, I mean, as those things come in and they sit on the counter and they kind of get lost in, um, it just kind of helped us prioritize how we get things done in our house. So I think the idea of being a rocking horse is we respond to those things right away, right? Um, so basically what you're doing in doing that is saying, we're going to set aside any distractions that come in in the mail for the week, and we're going to set aside a time on Monday night where we address these. Rather than being knee-jerk and, and paying bills maybe every night of the week, we're going to be intentional about that's time, maybe this time of year, in the field with the boys, whatever it may be, and then on Monday night, we'll set aside a time time to do that. Um, for the rest of you guys, how, how do you handle distractions? Or any, any thoughts on or wisdom that you can pass on on how you've managed, if you've blocked off time to do something, not letting something that feels more urgent get in the way of that? I would say that of all of the things that we've talked about, this is what I'm worst at. Um, I either get distracted and deal with it 
or I see it come in and I think I need to deal with that later. And then I don't have a great system for organizing it. And I realized two weeks later that I never responded to that, to that email. Um, and there's some areas of my life where I'm better at that than others. Uh, but, uh, and it, it helps too that I have four different email accounts, <laughs> one for school board, one for church, one for personal and one for work. And so, uh, it helps a little bit to have one kind of one for each, but, uh, uh, but I got to remember to look at them all. So it does, it gets a, it gets a little challenging at times. And that's, that's something that I've recognized Again, I used to be better at it because my method of keeping track of it was just in my head, and that was fine, and that's becoming not as, as reliable of a source. And so, uh, uh, yeah, I would say I have not got this one figured out, and so I'm interested to continue to hear more about the Monday drawer and about other things that you guys have tried. Yeah, we have an individual on our team who only checks emails in the morning and the right before leaving for the day. As a person who sends emails, I'm like, really? But, <laughs> uh, but that's a way how he prioritizes. Like, if you're going to email me, I'll respond in the morning or I'll check again before leaving and respond then. And that way, I wish I knew the number, but when you get distracted, if we're talking about distractions throughout the day, our emails, our slacks, text messages, we're checking social media all the time. Um, and how distracted you get and how long it takes to get back into the activity you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um and it's minutes to get back into the flow of things. So having that source of time blocking, I suppose, of looking into those things that we have to look into. I think the only Dave, – Dave, I'm with you on this, and that distractions are my worst enemy at all times. And the only thing that I have found that has only remotely helped was Norn's canceling headphones for the office has been about the only thing that has actually helped me. Um, it took away the, the desire to hear – other get involved in conversations that I didn't need to be not that they weren't bad they were bad conversations just I I needed to focus on what I was doing um, and they only really help when your coworkers respect them which we don't always do a great <laughs> well job <of. laughs> that's that's neither here nor there I try my best to ignore you at that point too and it still doesn't work sometimes so but we are persistent you are persistent <laughs> Tyler I, I know we talked about it we talked about uh the scheduling time with yourself mm-hmm. so scheduling time on your calendar of I'm going to do this activity and you look, you're busy. Mm-hmm. I've scheduled this hour to do whatever I need to get done. Um, and for the most part, people respect your calendar for the most part. For the most part. <laughs> yeah. I think there's two things in that too, in that just understanding that text messages, emails, Slack notifications, those are all things that when they pop up, I mean, for crying out loud, most of us wear our phone on our wrist a lot of times, right? that that buzz in our pocket or on our wrist is a distraction and it pulls us away from, from what we're doing. I think just knowing that, that a lot of those things are things that are not urgent, but they feel that way. And so just being intentional around like, I need to block off two hours to work through this, but I know if I'm checking email, if I'm checking Slack, if I'm checking text messages in that two hours, like you said, Kate, I think it's spot on. I'm going to have to, pick my mental energy back up to pull myself back into what I was working every time I get that distraction. It's especially more difficult if it's something that you don't want to be working on to begin with. True. Every I dist- want to ev- be distracted. I want yeah. to be distracted. And the distract any distraction then becomes a lot longer than what it 
even should be any distraction that is maybe justifiable is even longer than what it should be. So if you're on to me, if you're on something that you don't aren't excited to be working on and have no real, like it's, it's a struggle to get going. That is the one you really need to make sure you can clear distractions out so you can stay at it. Dave, what is eat the frog first or eat the frog, right? Yeah. We just talked about this earlier today. There's a, there's a book, um, can't remember the author's name off the top of my head, but it's called Eat That Frog. And Eat uh, that frog. It, uh, it talks about how we tend to, when we see something on our list that we really don't want to do and that we're, we're really uh, kind of stressed out by, we have a hard time starting anything. And we're so distracted by that one thing that we know we're not going not gonna to enjoy that we're just not efficient at anything. And so the advice of that author is to, if there's something like that on your list, do it first. Eat the frog first. Get rid of that one thing that's uh, that's that's pulling you down, uh, and then you can be more efficient in all of the other things because you're not distracted uh, by kind of your negative feelings about whatever that one thing is that we all have. No matter how much how much control you have over your schedule, and no matter how much you love your your work or whatever else you're involved in, we all have those things that are on our list that we just don't enjoy. Brian Tracy is the Brian author. Brian Tracy, that's frog. right. And I didn't know that off the top of my head. I had the Google machine in front of me and was able to utilize that while you were responding to that that's answer. Very <laughs> um, Kate, we did have a conversation that I thought was good, and you just brought it up around scheduling time with yourself. Is that, and this comes up in the article that I referenced earlier, but basically... There is a lot of good that comes from being in thought around something. And I have a nickname around our support team as the overthinker. I get that. So you can overdo this, right? You have to be cautious about it. But there is value that comes from, and I I think we hesitate to do it because it almost feels like we're not being productive. But sitting still by yourself, phone, computer off, and thinking deeply about a topic writing what comes to your mind on a pad of paper. And one of the things that this article calls out is how many of some of the best thinkers and innovators and inventors of our time did that. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Do you guys schedule time with yourselves? Is there, is there value in that? Thoughts there? We always joke as a team that our best creative ideas come on the lawnmower or in the shower. And that. That's the time it's the quiet. There's nobody else distracting you. Um, Sometimes as a parent, those are the times. <laughs> I love mowing the yard. Nobody <laughs> needs me. <laughs> um, but no, I agree that scheduling that time. I mean, when else do you get time to think creatively, at least on the marketing side of things and mm-hmm. what's a fresh idea? You can't do that sitting with all these other distractions happening. Um, so, yeah, the lawnmower or shower is a place to be. I have 45 minutes back and forth to the office. Um, and believe it or not, I drive most of that time with the radio off and the phone off. Um, so that is one of the things that if I do get time, um, that's probably that's the only time I have that's that's shut down is driving back and forth to work. Um, I don't have it out t- outside of that, but to and from work, I can I can spend time in the boredom. I actually... But but to your point, I think the the idea of boredom, um, having four kids, I definitely like the idea of kids being bored and the idea like your brain needs that moment of not being energized 
to think of something else and to, to think outside the box. And you can watch your kids. They're bored, and within 10 minutes of them just being bored, all of a sudden they found something to do. Sometimes it's jumping off the couch or climbing a tree they're not supposed to, but they have found something to do that is using their creativity. Yeah, about a year and a half ago, I was uh, sitting down with one of the leaders in our business here who was uh, just kind of going through some professional development with me. And he encouraged me based on kind of the way I operate and the way I approach things to be okay with scheduling time into my work calendar where I can just stop and think through things. And so every Tuesday morning, I have a block of time where I don't do, I don't have anything else. I turn off all my devices and that's my thinking time. And I usually have acquired a list of things over the course of the previous week that uh, that I, I want to think through. Uh, sometimes they're given to me. Sometimes they're things that uh, just come up as, as I'm interacting with, with others. And I really want to dive into that uh, that uh, uh, topic. And, and that's, that's how I've done it professionally for the last year plus is just kind of having that designated time every Tuesday morning to, uh, to really to really think in a non-distracted sort of way. And there's been a lot of productive ideas that have come out of that, more so than I would have thought and more so than than uh, I was able to, to generate and run with when I wasn't taking that time. And so for me, and I don't know if it's true for everyone, but for me, having that dedicated time to spend thinking has been, uh, has been pretty transformational for me. Um, you guys know Brad Arnold. But if you don't, on who's listening, um, he's the current VP of Precision Agco. And he was the general manager of Precision Planting until 2019. Um, he posted on LinkedIn the other day. So he said that him and his wife, for birthdays, they gift each other um, time away, like by themselves. That's their gift to each other. Um, so he just got back from his, and he went golfing, beach. Uh, he was reading and journaling about the year. Um, and I just thought it was so cool that he posted about that and – He's like, I got reflection time and calibration time. Um, And he ended it with, people will say that I can't afford to do that. And he's like, I suggest that you can't not afford to do that. Um, So taking that time, he's pushing us all to take that time to um, kind of refill the tank. If we don't do that, we're just stuck in that daily grind. I think for me, if you don't take time to do that, then things become addressed when the fire is really hot. That's sitting and thinking about, you know, whatever it may be. Okay, we've got, even if it's in June or July, we've got training that's coming up. I know that's in November, but what should that look like? What should we be hitting on? What should the topics be? Um, thinking ahead on things like that keeps it from being an urgent problem when you get closer to when it, it's actually time for something to come due, right? Yeah. And it's just the reflection of where you've been and what you've been doing and where to go next, like you said. Yeah. So we have made it through kind of all the talking points that I wanted to hit on. Does anybody else have anything that they want to kind of throw out there and add? Yeah, I would just say on um, prioritizing and busyness and schedules and how we get through the day, um, just remember that the time you allot for your work, your work will expand to that. So if you have set aside an hour to do something, you'll do it in an hour. But if you're like, I only got 30 minutes to do this, you're going to get done in those 30 minutes too. Um, I think that's, that's interesting because I actually think you're right with that, Kate, because it goes into, if I think about it in 
my project list, and I think it also goes down to the dealer level. Um, if you have a project that they're working on, when you whatever time you give it is probably what it's going to take to get that done. If you say it takes us two hours to a row to install Delta Force, it's going to take two hours to row to install it. If you say, well, we got we can do it in, in an hour, you'll find a way to get it done. Generally, you'll find a way to get it done in an hour. Now, you have to be reasonable with it, but generally that's what you're going to get. You're going to be within a time frame to get it done. It, it forces you to not milk it. Right. If, in a way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, an hour-long meeting is always an hour long. It's never shorter than that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> what you need to talk about may be done in a half hour. Correct. But then it goes to an hour on, you know, we'll maybe. Find, we'll find something around the conversation to right. expand to include that full hour. Maybe my fantasy football team, yep. hypothetically. Yep. Yeah. That I never like happens. that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you all know me too well. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to ask for some help in this because I think what I want to do at this point is pull this back to can we can we come up with maybe some action items? Um, I think number one that we've kind of hit on is set aside some time to think. I really like that. That's a to me. That's as a dealership level. I think that's taking 15 or 15 minutes out of a day, or maybe 30 even a minimum 30 minutes out of the week to shut everything off, leave your phone at the desk and go for a walk around the building, go for a walk around the shop and take a look, take an inventory look of what, where our project's at, where do I need to, to take some time of that or just take it, go for a walk and what are the things that I need to work on? What are, what's the, the next project list? I think as a, as a dealership or as an employee level, I think that's a great idea um, that I would strongly recommend. So number two, Hans, and I, you brought this up earlier and when I say earlier, I mean earlier in the day when you and I were talking about yes. this podcast <laughs> is assigning time to projects. It feels daunting. Yeah. I think a lot of times the knee jerk reaction is kind of where we started this podcast around saying, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to do X. I'm too busy to do Y. And that for me, one thing that I found is when I actually sit down and I schedule time for projects, it's amazing to me how much I find a little bit of extra time here and there in my day. That when it feels daunting, like the idea of, oh, this is everything that I got to get done. But when I actually put time to it and say, okay, I'm here eight to five. Here's what I'm going to do eight to 10. Here's what I'm going to do this block, this block, this block. It's amazing to me how much it turns out that, oh, by golly, I've got Thursday afternoon wide open. If I actually be intentional about sitting down and scheduling, I think I'm going to get around to doing this. Yep. that I keep saying I'm too busy to do, but I see value in in my job. And maybe for our dealers, that's I see value in in our business. If we don't have an inventory management program, we're going to get into a problem here really soon. By golly, I found time Thursday afternoon. I'm going to start start thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's uh, one of the things that I found is that there'll be a project that's a massive or it feels like a big project or it's, it's something that, that's out there and it's like, I need to get that started. I need to get that started. It's like, well, let me put it, it really is only going to take about two hours to get it done. If I just say, okay, there's two hours, I'm going to gonna put that much time to it. Because a lot of times it's like, well, it's got, I mean, I've got this to do in the morning. I got emails to check. I got a couple of meetings to go to. Well, then it's three o'clock and, well, three to five, it's not worth starting that project from three to five. <laughs> it's like, well, no, what it's, can you do? it's two hours. It's yeah. literally two hours. And I, I can probably finish that in two hours if I just go start with it. Um, and so, Putting time to the project, and I th it's the key thing there, I think, is putting some realistic time to it. Stop and think about how much time is it really going to take. There's going to be times you're going to miss it, and it's going to be you you put four hours for it, and it's going to take six. Um, and there's going to be times you put four hours to it, and it's going to it's really going to 
take two. Two, I mean, realistically, to put some time to it. But uh, And then to the earlier point, of if you be reasonable about it, if you say it's going to take six hours to do it, and it really could be done in three, you'll probably extend it all the way to six, like we said earlier. Um, so put a realistic time allotment to it and say this is what it's going to take to get done. Um, but it makes it makes the project move. And then I think the third and final one that we came up with is communicate back and forth. So that's for us, a lot of us, you know, communicate with your partner. Uh, in a business, in the business world, that's communicate with your supervisor, with your manager. And managers communicate with your staff what the priorities are. Um, and maybe even a dealership could consider setting aside a particular time each week, like Wednesday morning, the whole team is going to get together and we're going to talk through what projects are we working on? Where are we? What's the priority? Do we need to shift people back and forth to get there? But then at least everybody knows that they're not just pursuing what's in front of them, but they're pursuing the most important thing for the dealership that week. And I think it also can go as far as that it could be a communication to customers as well. Yeah. On Wednesday morning, we're going to get sit down. We're going to look at who needs to be updated about where their status is on their planners or where do we need to follow up with anybody who needs to be communicated with today. And I you'll find Wednesdays. that cadence, I think, too. You know, that, that may be a once-a-week meeting. It, it may, may be, be once every two weeks, mm-hmm. but you'll, you'll yep. yep, yeah. I love Wednesdays, that midweek check-in. Where are we going to hit the rest of the week? Where have we been? Yeah, what's been that. happening the first couple of days of the week? What can we, yeah, how can we, do we need to pivot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I would say do it more often than not. Don't be afraid to ask um, your team leader, is this okay? Am I, on, am I on course? Ask it more often than not. And I don't think it needs to be scheduled for an hour. I think it's that 10 to 15 minute time frame. Yeah. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad that we did this. I think it helps just to know, too, that, you know, it's easy to kind of have this produce some anxiety in us that you feel like there's so much to do and so much on your plate. That I think just knowing like, yeah, hey, there's four people here at Precision who struggle with this too. And if there's any wisdom that we can pass on, we'll, we'll certainly try. I think there's some uh, hopefully community in that. So this was a lot of fun. Thank you all for being here. Thanks for Thanks, having Tyler. us, Thanks, Tyler. Yeah, very good. So with that, my name was Tyler Hubert. I want to thank everybody so much for listening to this episode of Smarter Every Season. And we hope that you join us again next time.